Welcome to the Creating Superstars at Work podcast. Welcome to the Creating Superstars at Work podcast. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Creating Superstars at Work. Today, we're going to be talking about authentic leadership. How are you, Kath? Yeah, brilliant. Really looking forward to getting stuck into this subject because it's quite often a subject which people debate quite a lot in terms of what does authenticity mean in the workplace, how people show up and what they perceive is authentic and what's not authentic. It is very subjective, this subject, in that what authenticity means to one person may mean something completely completely different. Yeah, completely. And so there are so many articles written about this. There's so much literature. I know that we've probably invested the last four years or so in Inspire Me, working with our partners and customers on how they can really foster authentic leaders. Because we know that when you have that kind of magic, if you like, in the workplace, it can really change the game for your bottom line, for your workplace happiness, for your workplace well-being. There's so many wonderful things that come out of leaders when they're authentic. So shall we start with that word authenticity? Let's have a deep dive into that. Yeah, definitely. So So for me, certainly in terms of the bottom line with businesses, if you've got an authentic workplace, which fosters and breeds things like trust and honesty and empowerment, then obviously that's going to have a really positive effect on your bottom line because people are going to want to come into work and they're going to want to work for you, which is huge, really, really massive. But it's hard to achieve all of the time because of this perception issue. So in terms of you know, what you might think is a great leader or what I might think is is a great leader might vary from day to day or from situation to situation. It's a tricky one. So let's talk about trait theory then. So trait theory is about the view that leaders are either born or bred. So I had a really interesting conversation with a super successful entrepreneur businessman yesterday, and we were having this debate over the phone and his view is very much that really authentic leaders are born. You know, they have this presence, they have this vision, they have this capability to pull people along with them towards the vision. And obviously because of the sector that I'm in, I have a real honest and true belief that leaders can actually be developed. Well, I just think it's both, right? So I'm just going to sit on the fence. And I know, if I think about the people that I know who are true born leaders, and I'm going to put myself into that category and I'm going to put you into that category as well, you know? Of course, we have leadership traits when we're born. Of course, you know, we're the kid's boss and the others around in the sandpit and, you know, all the rest of it. But the thing is, we we know very, very well that leadership certainly can be developed and certainly can be taught, for want of a better phrase. And the interesting thing about that is when you couple leadership development with authenticity, this is really fascinating because... You know, authenticity is one of those words where people are just like, "Mm, what does it actually mean? One of the resources that I use to help explain authenticity is The Second Circle of Presence, which is a wonderful book by the wonderful Patsy Rodenberg. So Patsy Rodenberg is a voice coach. She's a world famous, renowned voice coach who works in London. Now, she wrote this book back in the 1980s. And she came to the conclusion that authenticity is really to do with you being present which is really interesting because I think one of the traits of being a really strong leader and a really developed leader is often to do with you stepping into that leadership piece. And that arguably comes with age and experience, but also what comes with age and experience is self-worth. 
and knowing that you're okay and that you stop second guessing yourself all the time. Not always, it's not a caveat, but often this does happen when you're in an area of expertise where you feel more and more competent, you know what you're doing and you're able to express yourself in a way that's different when you're first at that leadership journey. So what's interesting about being present is when you're present, you're not in fear. And that means that arguably you're more trustworthy. Arguably you're more authentic. Arguably you instill trust more. And it's really interesting because I think when you're talking about being a leader, leaders have followers and they are magnetic to those followers. The followers just want to follow them and they don't really know why sometimes. But usually it's actually a feeling that they feel safe with those leaders. And the reason they feel safe is because they're able to instill trust. And often the reason they're able to instill trust is actually because they have a strong degree of authenticity. One of the things that we can do is swap out the word authenticity for integrity, because I think that is an easier word that we can play with, which might be more comfortable for people to listen to in the workplace and relate to. With authenticity, we think about things that are true, things that are genuine. We think about trust. We can trust that it's real. And it's the same with integrity. So if somebody's standing in integrity and they're practicing in their integrity, then we think that they're on the level. We think that they're, you know, the good eggs. We think that we think that they, we can trust them. They do what they say they're going to do. To our knowledge, they don't tell us lies. We believe them, which means we feel safe with them, which means we allow them to lead us. So I think that's a really interesting concept. I'd love to know what your thoughts are on that whole, I know I just did a jigsaw puzzle to pull kind of like presence to authenticity, to integrity, to trust. But I did that on purpose because I want to be able to, I want the listeners to be able to deep dive and explore really what it is. Because authenticity is one of those words which can mean so many different things to so many people. So it's important to be able to give people a different lens maybe to look at it through. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I totally get that because we're coming back to where we started, aren't we, in terms of the different lenses, so how we perceive authentic leadership. So for me, in terms of leadership development, so in the coaching arena, when we're coaching leaders in organisations, it's very much about assessing whether they're sitting in the transactional or the transformational leadership space. Mm. So transformational is what you've just been talking about. It's about when people want to follow. It's about when people have clarity of the vision of their leaders. They want to go to the same place as them. They want to achieve for them and, and perform They want to be in their them. gang, don't they? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. I mean, one of your favourite words is tribe. And quite a few times I've got some clients to put some transformational kind of tribes together. Mm. Tribe is very much about following people, isn't it? And they want to do it. For me, I love working with John Adair's action-centered leadership model. So the model focuses on where you are in terms of leadership, in terms of the team, the individual, and also the tasks that you need to achieve. And what I'm looking at when I'm, I'm looking at authenticity within leadership is where the leader is actually having to manage and direct people in terms of those three areas or whether it's actually being achieved through empowerment and integrity in those three areas because of the want to follow an authentic leader who is sitting in a comfortable space. And what I mean by comfortable space is they have grown in terms of leadership maturity because they have the ability to challenge, question themselves, but also to learn from that. And reflect on 
themselves. Totally. Yeah. And and also in, in a lot of cases, actually be really open and honest with their teams. That transparency piece is like red litmus paper, though, when you stick it into the workplace sometimes, isn't it? Oh, because of the fear that that sits behind it. Those people who can reach that level of leadership maturity, where they can look themselves in the mirror and say, I need to work on this. Those are the people that take companies from zero to hero. They are the people that get companies through the biggest challenges and the worst of times. And they're the people who bring absolute success to an organisation on several different levels, because it's not just about the bottom line. It's about being able to go to bed at night as well and know that you've done it in the right way. Yeah. And that comes back to that integrity piece. So it's interesting because your personal, how you know you're standing in your integrity is that there's no disconnect. So how you're behaving is very much in line with your personal value system, your morals, your ethics, and your sense of what's right and wrong. Yeah, totally. And for me, I hear people use language that sometimes expresses lots of guilt and regret about what they've had to do to achieve an objective or a goal in the workplace. And that is simply because their thoughts and feelings or their actions are consistently out of sync. They're not joined up. So they want to behave in a certain way but they don't have the ability to implement and to lead people to achieve what they need to achieve in the way they want to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's really sad. And that is mostly because people are afraid to reach out and admit that they need development. They need to explore their competency. They can't find a platform, an arena to do it. So, you know, there aren't that many people that run authentic leadership programs like we do in terms of it's real, we roll our sleeves up, we get practical, we sort out nitty gritty. And alongside that as well, there aren't many people that offer the coaching around authentic leadership that we do either. So very few people who have access to platforms where they're able to look in that mirror and be really honest with themselves in terms of authenticity. What's coming up for me while you're talking is actually to do with the cultural space in which they're working as well. Because what we know is, is that lots of organisations want more authenticity. They want more open communication. They want more transparency. They want more trust. They want better wellbeing. They want better engagement with their people. But actually, they don't have the culture which supports that. So what's interesting is a lot of the established large organisations, for instance, like the ones that we engage with, often they are, their cultures are ever evolving, which is great. That's how they should be. But they're ever evolving and they've got historical residue, if you like, of when those cultures were booming or when they were first set up or depending on who's the CEO and who's the senior leadership team and all of these types of things. Sometimes it can be very character led. And so what you've often got is people who want to instill more trust. They want more openness. They want to provide more empowerment and freedom. They want to have more transparency and have more clear communication. Yet their managerial culture is very much transactional and it's actually about getting the job done. And it's about making sure that the KPIs are met not that that's a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing, but they they can they don't have to be mutually exclusive. And that's what we find all the time. So this whole kind of manager versus leader thing is really interesting because I believe that you're a mixture of both. And I lead with leadership. Therefore, I have to dial up my managerial skills sometimes, you know, rather than it being this, you know, managers are bad and leaders are good because we know we've heard that for years and years. And I just want to debunk that because it's rubbish. However, what isn't 
is whether people have the right seedbed to be able to develop into great leaders and whether to be able to develop that part of authenticity within their work ethic, develop the ability to really reflect and have a true coaching and leadership. You know, are they in a culture where there's a right and a wrong and you can fail and you can screw up and, you know, you can get cautioned for screwing up? Or are you in a culture that learns? Every single time you fail, you learn. Are you in a culture that is constantly learning and evolving? Or are you in a culture that says, this is how you do it, do it this way. And if you don't do it this way, then you don't fit. And it's really fascinating because that impacts massively on clarity, communication, trust, whether people feel good or not at work, whether you're a leader being led, whether you're senior leader, whatever it might be. It also impacts on how the customer experiences your brand, which is really fascinating. So when you're looking at customer facing organizations, whether they're call centers or whether they do any type of customer experience, if you've got a high degree of authenticity in the values and in the communications and in the culture of the organization, the customer will often feel that. And if the customer feels that, they're likely to stay for a long time. It's really, really plaited together. I don't think that you can talk about this without bringing in all of the other aspects of business because this is so integral to good business, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think if we get down to the nitty gritty, we ran an authentic leadership program recently for a global financial firm firm that's really, really well known. And we had some fantastic individuals sitting in front of us in senior leadership positions, all of them great people and all of them wanting to be authentic. But when we dug down deep and we asked the right questions, what was actually happening was they were forced to become very task and tick box orientated because of the climate, the amount of time that they'd been given, but also because of how their roles had evolved out of their job descriptions. Because let's get it right from the beginning. If their job descriptions are transactional, at the very heart of them, it's very, very difficult for these people in management positions to be able to create the space to be transformational and to go down the authentic leadership route because they just haven't got the time. We had people who were saying to us, I want to be compassionate. I want to be honest. I want to empower my team members. I want to be people centric. I do, but I haven't got the time to do it. And my role at the moment doesn't actually allow me to do that. So from a bottom up point of view, it's about getting the role descriptions right in terms of leadership and management. And from the totally absolute most top of the tree, it's about recognising that if you want to create a culture you've got to create the space and you've got to create the right level of direction from the very, very heart of the business, which is about job descriptions and recruitment and all of those things in order to create what you want. If you don't recruit people and give them the space, they're going to be authentically digital. If they haven't got the competencies, you're not going to get it. Yeah. And what's interesting about that as well is if you've got, if we go back to, I know we're doing a bit of an Eddie Izzard weave around today, but if you go back to, what you were talking to about leadership traits, okay? If our theory or my theory, (laughs) so I don't get slammed by anybody, is that you are born with leadership characteristics and leadership traits and you also develop into a leader, what we know about leaders is they also go hand in hand with being high achievers. So if you've got a leader who's in a role, who's told that they need to get X amount of administration done, X amount of due diligence, they need to tick off their list, otherwise they're failing, they will always go for 
succeeding. They will always go for success first because they're leaders and they want to pave the way and they want to show other people that it can be done, even if they're breaking their back to do it. And the interesting thing about that is, is that if you have people who are constantly pushing to try and win, constantly pushing to try and get the praise and try and be recognized, constantly pushing to try and do a good job against the odds, because they either don't have the time, they don't have the people, they don't have the resource, they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the development, you know, they don't have the space, whatever it might be that they don't have, they will still, still find a way to try and do their best. And the thing about that is, is that that can cause the disconnect, that can cause that inverted commas lack of authenticity, even if they're the most genuine people going, but they may be out of integrity with what they're doing, because actually they may want to be just spending all their time with their people and developing them and knowing that if they do that, they're going to get great results and that's going to make everything spin and oil much faster. Absolutely. So we're we're talking about leadership competency here, aren't we? And we're talking about people with leadership competency who are being restrained in some way and they're they're not allowed to be people-centric. And what happens then is you basically lose that person with leadership competency to one of your competitors. And that affects your bottom line because, you know, it's cost you money to recruit that person. It's cost you money to train them up and it's going to cost you more money to recruit somebody to replace them. So it's about leadership being recognised for what it actually is and not focusing on the task orientated competencies so much. Because if you want to take your organisation to a different place, it's the only way to do it. And I love that because one of the things that we always talk about is having the right leadership style for the right things. So you lead people, you manage tasks, you manage projects, you manage money, you manage time, but you lead people. And so what we often have is a cohort of people. This this is so, I mean, this happens all the time with our middle managers. And we see it all the time, especially the newly made middle managers who maybe don't have the support that they could have due to time or whatever reason. And you see it all the time. They try and manage people. And the only time you manage people and you don't really manage them is you manage a process that they might be in. That's the only time. The only person we are meant to manage is ourselves. If they're in a HR process, that can be managed. Okay. And you can lead somebody through that process and you can manage somebody through that process, but you can't manage people's behavior. People are responsible for their own behavior. You can't make somebody do something. And that's what's interesting about management, because you will often find that really competent managers have got such high success drivers and such high achievement drivers that they can't even understand why somebody might not be able to complete a task in the way that they would. And so this is where the authenticity comes in. This is where the leadership skills come in, because you've got to look at empathy. You've got to look at not judging people and meeting people where they're at and seeing where their development needs are. You've got to look at somebody who has got the skill to be able to assess, who's able to, you know, do a 360 on that person and go, okay, so actually if we just tweak this, but if we tweak their communication or if we tweak how they show up or if we tweak their energy or if we give them permission to be themselves and maybe have a dress down day and work and all of these types of things, you know, be able to express themselves. That's then where true authenticity can come through. And that's where I believe you can then start to cultivate true success. Yeah. So we're coming back to what we were talking about in terms of situational leadership, aren't we? In some of the other podcasts that we've done in this series, because it's about recognising what's needed in the moment. So in terms of managing somebody, 
you may argue that when somebody's brand new to a business, when they're in induction phase, absolutely, they need a high level of direction and a high level of support. But when you're being authentic, you have to recognise where people are on the development spectrum. So if they're brand new to the business, yes, direction and support, high levels of both. However, if they're very experienced, they've been in the business a long time, they know what they're doing, they don't need an awful lot of direction and support. So authentic leaders will be able to pull back and adopt a more kind of laissez-faire approach to leadership style. But some people are incapable of doing that because they're not congruent with themselves. So they have fear, they have a need to micromanage, they have a need to make themselves feel and be seen to be good at what they do. So they overcompensate and what they end up doing is giving somebody with a lot of experience and high levels of competency too much direction. And then that just leads to conflict and usually somebody leaving the business. Well, it's the Star Wars model, isn't it? Because fear breeds fear. We know behaviour breeds behaviour. So if you've got somebody who's micromanaging somebody else, especially if they're competent, you've got that person who is like, why are you micromanaging me? What am I doing wrong? Or don't micromanage me. You don't need to. And we know that fear leads to anger, leads to hate, leads to the dark side, right? And so we use this all the time in business because when you've got to somebody who's in their frustration space, they've already got one foot out the door. They can be rescued. But what's interesting about that is what you've just described is a classic example of somebody who's not in integrity. Mm. So you might have somebody who hasn't got the confidence, skill, ability, space, culture, resource to feel like they can empower others and feel like they don't have to micromanage and feel like they can feel safe and they don't need to be in fear. If they haven't got those characteristics, then that means that they're going to be literally raining fear down on everybody underneath them. And when they're doing that, people won't trust them because they're breeding this circle of, I don't trust you because I've got to micromanage you. And therefore they won't be trusted back. And really it is about trust. That's what it all comes down to, isn't it? If you're going to follow somebody, you trust that they will take you somewhere. If you've got people who've got open communication, you trust that what they're saying to you is true. You trust that what they're going to they're going to deliver, they do. You trust that the organisation will look after you. You trust that there's certain elements of what you say you're going to do happens. Yeah, and this is about it's about duty of care, really, as well, isn't it? Because when you're looking after people in an organisation, there is a responsibility on you to make sure that they are happy. They don't go home being unhappy. They don't feel stressed. They don't become ill because of that. And when leadership isn't authentic, we often find that teams end up in that space. Productivity dips, performance dips, attendance levels, take a nosedive. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to spend eight hours a day, you know, five days a week in the workplace, you're spending more time there with those people than you are with anyone else in in your whole life. So if you're not going to be happy, you know, why would you show up for work if you're dealing with somebody on a daily basis who reminds you more of a highly disciplined headmistress or headmaster <laughs> than, um, than an adult on an equal level who is displaying maturity, understanding, empathy, trust, all of those things? Because it's not just about us trusting the leaders, it's about the leaders being able to show that they trust us. Yeah, Because that makes us circle, feel great. Totally. Yeah. It's totally. such a massive subject, this is. We're, we're diving into so much and we can see why. the sub- I mean, we could talk about authentic leadership probably for three weeks. So it's really interesting how 
you know, we started off with talk about authenticity. We started off by talking about leadership styles and it comes right the way full circle to culture, to customers, to bottom line, to productivity, to workplace happiness and everything in between. So what we would love, guys, is for you to comment and for you to come to us and let us know what you understand authentic leadership to be and how authentic leadership is being played out or not in your place of work. This is a really big topic that once you start diving into it, it could be so great if you really do have those levels of authenticity in your place of work and with your leaders. I wonder what you can come up with. Looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much for today's episode. You've been listening to the Creating Superstars at Work podcast brought to you by appinspireme.com. We are Inspire Me an award-winning people development company that specializes in corporate engagement, workplace happiness, and well-being for customer service organizations. You can contact us on hello at andinspireme.com.